Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, there you are. It's Sunday morning and uh, a lot of things to say to you. And I don't think I will be able to cover 1%, not even 1% of what I could say to you. But I'm going to try and hit some highlights and uh, bring you to a realization of what is going on. This world that we are in is busy changing, and it's changing at a very fast rate. We are bombarded from all sides with all kinds of, let me classify it as negative signals, starting with weather, with finances, with uh, major climatic disturbances, earthquakes, volcanoes blowing. Uh, I can mention several of these volcanoes that blew recently. Of course, the worst one that blew in history was the one called Vesuvius. There's Krakatoa, there's uh, Pinat, uh, Pinatua in, uh, in, in the place of uh, Indonesia. Oh, no, that's the Philippines. And in the Philippines, we passed that one. Uh, these huge volcanoes, and then there are the super volcanoes, and then there's the earthquakes. They are, it's like, it's like uh, if you had a gun and the, the trigger is on the rifle or on the pistol or revolver, whatever kind of instrument that would be. Uh, and it's like the, the finger is on the trigger and then everything's going to be happening. So with that being said, um, what we see is far less, infinitely less, and I want to say this specifically for those people who call themselves scientists. I love science, I love physics, I love mathematics. Those are the things I really, in biblical mathematics, of course, that is like for me number one. And then uh, there's still the pictography and all the other stuff and the code series and the algorithms that go with the Bible and decoding of the Bible. It is an amazing story when you go into this I need quarters of a year to cover areas of what I'm talking about. So um, the, uh, the, the, the thing is that in the beginning, let me begin at this point. Father, give to your people the spirit and, and in fact myself, the guidance and then to the people, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Enlighten the eyes of their understanding that they may know what they need to know. I'm going to start with uh, dioxyribonucleic uh, acid, uh, which is the short or the long for the short DNA. Dioxyribonucleic acid. And uh, we will find out what that is. It's when the human being uh, exists, this is the construct of man. In fact, in the first of the books on the DNA, when DNA was at first discovered, uh, they found that it says these words. It says, the construction of man. And then it says, in a, in a straight line up in the Hebrew, it says, uh, DNA spirals. And then it says, which is God. That's, that's how that thing is written, just like that in the Hebrew. And then it says Messiah. It talks about the Creator then. So um, when man was created, he was created with a DNA. 
in the book of uh, Genesis chapter number 3 verse 15, God is busy speaking to uh, the devil and he says these words to him, and I will put enmity between you and her seed, the woman's seed. And although that is in singular, that put the devil on high alert. Between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, he will bruise your head, singular, and you will bruise his heel, singular. So there was this battle that God was calling out. He was calling out what would happen in the future, and there would be a battle between the woman and the seed and her seed against the devil himself. So that made the woman target of much of the attacks of the enemy throughout all the ages. And it took a long time when a virgin by the name of Mary gave birth to a son, a virgin gave birth to a son by the name of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit came upon her. She fell pregnant. And then from that moment in time, there was a time God spoke to Joseph and said, protect this woman because what has happened to her is not of man, but it's of God. And then Joseph had to like disappear and flee. They went off to Egypt just after the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem or Bethlehem. Uh, you know, all of that happened in the Bible and like long stories that you can tell about that. Um, the woman became the enemy right there in the Garden of Eden. Think about that. So therefore, on Mount Hermon in the north of Israel, there was um, a group of angels that came down. And you read all about it in the book of Enoch. And uh, I still sometimes wonder why Enoch is, has not been included in the Bible, because it was like a competition between, between the books of Enoch and the book of Revelation. You could have put both in there because Enoch really brings out a lot of value in terms of understanding what happened in that spirit world. What we can see is infinitely less than what we do not see. And in the unseen world, so to speak, the realm of the spirits, above all, sitting above the circle of the earth, ruling the earth in full charge is God himself. The Father, God the Father, the Almighty, possessor of heaven and earth, his Son, the Lord and Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, and his Spirit, God his Spirit, and the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, when all of this took place, um, then uh, in, in the book of Genesis chapter number six, the devil made an attack through these some 200 fallen angels that came down and under an angel's leading of Azazel, called Azazel. And uh, they, they went and they went down the mountain, they made a pact and they went down the mountain and they decided to just do it. And they broke out of their domain and they started going into the daughters of men for they were beautiful. And this was the days of Noah. Uh, and so it says here these words, it says, uh, 
you know, for Christ who suffered once for the sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, bring put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when the once divine suffering, long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. Again, from the book of 1 Peter 3, 18, uh, again here to Matthew 24, 36, but of that day and of that hour, no one knows, even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And then it says, but as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, listen to me very carefully. It's a very strong pointed clue of the kind of days that we can expect that will take place just preceding the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are two incidents that will take place. Number one, he will fetch the church, the bride of Christ. He is right now preparing a bride without spot and wrinkle who keeps herself pure before him. He will catch her away. Harpatsu is the Greek word. You read about that in uh, the book of First Thessalonians chapter number 4 from verse number 13. Um, you read about this word harpatsu. Uh, and the church will be caught alive, then we who remain will be caught alive in, into the heavens to meet the Lord in the air. And then it also says, just preceding that, the dead in Christ will rise first because we will by no means precede them. So altogether, the dead in, in Christ and we who are alive in Christ will be transformed, uh, transformed in, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and rise up to meet the Lord in the air. So then we will forever be before the Lord and, and with the Lord. And then, of course, comes what is known as the beamer seat of what men got up to in their natural bodies here on earth, where they were chasing the wind and catching storm after storm. Uh, they were saved, but they neglected God. And somehow or another, by the grace of God, they still got saved. They still found themselves savable and... Uh, they went up to heaven. They judged. What did they produce while in the flesh? Wood, stain, hubble, or gold, silver, and precious, precious stones. What did they produce? The works of man will be judged at the Bema Seed judgment of Christ, which we read of in the Bible. And this Bema Seed judgment of Christ uh, takes place. And then, of course, uh, what is wood, hay, and stubble will be burnt as through fire. But what has been done for God? fruitful in the kingdom of God. These things we deal with are so important. These things we deal with, I have no words like to even express what I'm trying to say to you. These things uh, determine your eternity. That's how important it is. Not today, not whether you have bread and butter today, but your eternity when you make a solid commitment to Christ and you are truly washed in the blood of Jesus, have really repented of all sin and moved on to be with God for the rest of your life, even though perhaps you don't even, you haven't got the money or you're in a country where Bibles don't exist, 
and you just believe in Jesus Christ to the salvation of your soul, you call him your Lord and your Savior, you believe in him and you pray to God the Father in his name, he is Lord, you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, you go to heaven. And that being said, uh, now I have not produced much work for, for the Lord in my life, lifetime. It's gold, so of, uh, it's wood, it's stubble, and it's burnt as to fire, yet he himself will be saved. Now, the other one is the one that gets the reward, uh, gold, silver, and precious stones. They will also be rewarded for their works. Why not sins? Because Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. Therefore, in Revelation chapter number 20, from verse number 11, you read, I can see the verse before me, and the dead were raised, and the sea gave up the dead, and all the dead were judged according to whose name was found written in the book of life. All those who were not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone which burns forever where Satan, the beast, and the false prophet are already. The beast and the false prophet, Revelation chapter number 19 at the end, Satan, Revelation chapter number 20 and verse 10, and then of course the wicked dead also go there. Cast into outer darkness into the lake of fire and brimstone can never ever come out from there again and suffer into all eternity of eternity. They suffer eternally. So when we look at this, it is no small thing that the devil knew with whom he has to do. He had to do with the one who is the creator. He's a fallen angel. God didn't create him as a fallen angel, but in the book of Ezekiel 28, iniquity was found in him. And in Isaiah 14, he said to himself, I will five times, if you read it in the New King James, uh, in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter number 14, I will, I will, finally I will be like the Most High God. And then he was cast out of heaven and he fell to the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. A war follows, Revelation 12, in heaven and the devil and his angels are cast. A third of the angels fall because of the influence of this one devil, this one fallen angel, originally called Lucifer, and now, of course, he's called Satan, the old dragon, which is a serpent, yes, the devil himself. And, of course, now, he, these angels, like, are like a troop of angels that come down and they go into the daughters of men because they didn't keep their proper domain. It says in Jude 6, the angels which God, uh, the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode where they were dwelling against God's will. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Enoch identifies that for us as the bottomless pit. And at the bottom of the bottomless pit, if well, there is such a thing because I can not even want to imagine what it feels like. It says, let there be sharp stones at the bottom of that um, abyss, that uh, those sharp stones will be the only place uh, that will await anybody who ever gets to the end of that, if they ever get to the end of that. Now, 
Look, um, we want to go to uh, yet another part of Scripture. And actually, I want to go this to the Bible. Let me take this to the, to the actual physical Bible. Let me take that particular Bible because it gives me what I want it to give me. And I want to read you in the book of Genesis chapter number 6. You will understand that this is complicated stuff to carry across. And I only hope and, and I only hope and pray that everybody will understand what I'm talking about here. Because I can get quite difficult on these things and I must watch out for that. So Genesis chapter number 6. And I want you to see that. Um, Verse 1, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, that daughters were born to them, to whom? To men. That the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. So here are these fallen angels, they saw it, and they found them as a target, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, as well as in the books of Enoch and the book of the War of the Angels or Angel War book that you find in the Dead Sea Scrolls, there you read about the fact that they took it by force. Even if a woman was married, if she was woman married, you would take a, these fallen angels would manifest and take these wives away from their husbands. And they had... Uh, they had children with them. Now, what happens when an angel does a thing like that and has children with mankind? You have what is known as hybridation. Hybridation is the mixing of the seed of one species of being with another species of being, mixing of seeds. Even in the Bible, you find God forbidding people to plant not the same seed of two species of plants in one particular part or portion of the fields where they farmed. Because this hybridation caused a, 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 a DNA a manipulation, let's call it a DNA engineering manipulation, if I take it by modern day terms, and to them were giants born. In fact, it reads here in the book of uh, Genesis, we've just got to find that place right there again. I shouldn't have closed that. It says that it came to pass when they began to multiply, the daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, they were beautiful, they took wives for themselves of whom they choose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days and also afterward. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they brought children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. The law saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, for he was grieved in his heart. Now, but Noah was a man who found uh, favor 
in the in the eyes and grace in the eyes of the Lord in that time. I'm reading here from verse 8. He was found faultless in all his generation, and he was he was able to continue with the Ark of the Covenant. It was going wild. If I talk about these giants, I have in fact in front of me, I should take a picture of it and show you this picture of the what they believe to be the head of the giant Goliath that was found close to the uh, cave of Adullam and at the area of Elah, which is the place where uh, the uh, battle took place between David and Goliath. There is a head, just a head, of a giant. And it's like kind of squarish, and you find a stone still sitting straight in the middle of the head. And uh, just a stone, here are five stones <clears throat> from the very place, five stones that were one of these would have been quick enough and fast enough used by David and by the power of the Holy Spirit guided by God straight to the forehead of Goliath. David picked up five stones and many people have asked what five stones mean. Five is obviously the grace of God. Obviously. It refers always in the Bible to the grace of God. <clears throat> now, according to 2 Samuel 21, 15 to 22, Goliath had four gargantuan sons. Gargantuan means gigantic, even larger than him. Uh, sons. Ibshi Benop, who was killed by Abishai, one of King David's men, in uh, the book of 2 Samuel 21, 16-17. Saf was killed by Sibekai, one of David's men, uh, verse uh, chapter number 21, 18 of 2 Samuel. Then Goliath II, who was killed by, by Elhanan in the book of 2 Samuel 21, 19. And Lami, the brother of Goliath I, is called, 1 Chronicles is, is, is mentioned in 1 Chronicles 20, verse 5. These are five of them. He had apparently, according to the archaeologists, I'm just reading one archaeological report, and a lot of, lot of people researching this, he had four older brothers, each being a foot taller than he. So the eldest was 13.6, and then there was the second born was 12.6, third was 11.6, the youngest was 10.6, and Goliath coming at 9.6 himself. Goliath himself coming into 9.6. That's the length of this man. So that makes a 17-year-old schoolboy look rather small facing a Goliath which was 9 foot 6 inches tall. Now if I look at 9 foot 6 inches, that gives for a large man. And if I think of myself and my friends in matric, in our matric year, that made for small men by comparison. The tallest of us wouldn't come close. Goliath was also a, a, a champion killer. But here we see how God takes out a champion, follow my words, killer by faith of David, who understood his covenant. God takes out champion killers, COVID-19, by the son of David, called Jesus 
the Messiah by faith in him and in his name. There's always been for me a parallel between David taking out Goliath, a giant killer, and of course the son of David, Jesus Christ the Messiah, taking out this giant problem of the earth called COVID. And let, I, let me say to you, the world is infinitely, I've said it before, there's infinitely much more than what we see. And then, of course, there's this much smaller portion of what we have, the people on the planet. And uh, these people on the planet are uh, go by what they can see. And all they see is problems. And what they want you to see and what they, in their unborn, unregenerate state, wants you to see is a giant, a giant or a gigantic problem. That's what they want you to see. And so people fix their minds on COVID. I am fascinated for, I suppose we're coming up to 600 years sometime now. We've been far over 500, 500 days since the lockdown. They have caused a gigantic problem to mankind. And really, I say to you that they have ignored the answer to their problems, which is in the Messiah. If only the government would loosen the churches and tell them, go now and pray for us. All the churches in the land, go and pray for us. I have a little thing here that I have seen, and I, I have got the books of, of one, the most important one is his manuscripts of Albert Einstein with his uh, mathematics in. And I gave one to my friend, Professor David Block of uh, Wits University, he's now Professor Emeritus. And uh, Einstein said these words, listen to this. He said, the minority, the ruling class at present, has the schools and they have the press usually the church as well, under its thumb. It enables it to organize and sway the emotions of the masses and make its tool of them. The words of Albert Einstein. Then I found something very interesting. So you have a small amount of people sitting at the top, playing the, the strings, pulling the strings of the masses. And that is right around the world. It's not just our country, it's every country. You have just that top elite that governs everything that happens underneath. In the meantime, millions of people are dying on the planet. There's a very interesting thing that I need to say to you, and that is a thing called the Georgia Guidestones. This mysterious Guidestones, also called the henge stones, like in Britain, towards Wales, the henge stones of the United States. These stones are like uh, large, but they've been placed there by a small group of secret men that are about 90 miles east of Atlanta. And you know what is their motto? It says, maintain humanity under five billion in perpetual balance with nature. That's the first one of their premises. First thing that they say. 
And the wealthy of the world have formed these secret societies. Now we're well aware of them and their secret societies and what they get up to. But we're also aware of the fact that God is in control of them too. And we know also that if, what does it profit you? If you how rich, no matter how rich you are, and you lose your soul. Maintain humanity under five billion. That's what they wanted. In balance with nature. Right now, if we look at humanity, and uh, if I look at the uh, size of humanity, if I still have it here, it is like 7.8 billion people. The uh, yeah, 7.9 billion people on the worldometer. The worldometer tells us there's 7.9 billion people. But they said, don't let it go beyond 5 billion. So there are. And I'm not one that are for all of these conspiracy theories and all of that. I know what I know. And of course, there are lots of things I know that I can't say because of the fact there's just no time for it. But let me tell you, if I really open up the books here, it'll be a, a, a time with you. Um, there's 7.9 billion of these people on the planet. And these 7.9 billion, according to that that you find in Georgia, the Georgia stones that you have there. Um, according to the Georgia stones, uh, guide stones they're called, they only want to maintain five billion. And they've got all kinds of, of uh, things that they strive for. And they are called the Ten Commands of Satan by many people that are there. But the first of their commands is five billion. So people have been walking around, well-known people, without mentioning names, have been running around saying, we're going to cut down on the world population. Those angels were, that fell were successful in multiplying and multiplying and defiling the DNA that God created in Adam and Eve. Because of their hybridation, they now, by interbreeding, became part of the giants. They created a race of the giants. Lately, I have called those spirits uh, demons instead of fallen angel because of the fact that uh, the Enoch was an amazing man, simply an amazing man with an amazing I love it, relationship with God. I always love anything when you say the word relationship with God. That's my beam. And I'll walk with God. That's my beam. And he had this amazing relationship with God. And they came to him and they knew it. And uh, they came and they said to him, plead with God. What about our children that we have now here on earth, these giants? They were cannibalistic. They could roar. They spread over the earth. They went to places like Pamukalia in uh, the areas of Peru, in the mountains of the Atacama Desert out there in those areas. They did works there with piezoelectric uh, stones, and they were able to create a radio network of these stones having pressure on top of each other. And the same with Stonehenge and the same that you find. It's all over the world. There's a whole network of this. And they were able to communicate through these stones. But what will happen to these children that were giants? They were cannibalistic. It was said that when they arrived from Easter Island, 
when they arrived on, on the side of South America, that their roar made the people so terrified that those Indians just ran away. They could rip a buffalo, the American bison, bison rip off its, its arms or its legs and just eat them alive. These were giants that were in the earth in those days. They had no morality, they had no control. They were hybrids. They were half man and they were half fallen angel and they were, had no morals and they were evil. And their fathers were all these fallen angels that are now in that abyss that I spoke of. So in Revelation 9, you find that abyss is open again. And that's when the big thing starts really there came these grasshoppers, locusts like devils, come up out of the abyss. That's when the trouble really begins on earth. That's in Revelation chapter 9. In 6, the Antichrist already appears. And of course, the four horses of the apocalypse. The church disappears in the middle, the middle story of the book of Revelation, but reappears after the book of Revelation chapter number 20. We find that um, these angels hybridized, they, they uh, had giant children, and it's amazing, it's amazing. When you look at the skulls of these creatures, because I've seen their skulls, if you look at the skulls of these creatures, you know, you can work out that they were not small, they were big, and they were extremely dangerous. And they just by force took for themselves wives. They gave birth to giants. Now, when they ask God, the Almighty, what do we do here? Do we... Do, do, well, can they go to heaven because they're not guilty of, let's call it this hybridation. They're not guilty of what took place here. This, uh, uh, let me say, um, uh, deoxyribotic nucleic acid DNA um, perversion of the DNA and of course the RNA and of course the reproduction of that, because the DNA determines what man looks like, what attributes, what you're going to be like. The whole thing is all in the DNA. Billions and billions of these tiny little particles called DNA, and they form a map. And we know they are arranged in chromosomes. And we know that there are 23, and we know that the last one determines male or female. We know all about that, but with a hybridation, now everything's thrown. And these angels are a plot. King David and his men would meet them and take them out. Faith overcomes the giants that come in your way if you know, if you understand your covenant, like David did when he said, covenantless is this one, Goliath, because he's uncircumcised the sign of the covenant. And so therefore, as God gave the instruction to Abraham, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of God? Now give him to me, I'll sort him out. And a young boy runs towards him, picks up five stones, and from exactly that same spot, here they are, five stones, not the same ones, but exactly what they are, the size of them. And I brought them with from Israel, from close to the cave of Adullam, and I brought them to show you. So there, my friends, is the first part of our story. So what happens next is very, very intriguing. And I'll take you further in tonight's session. So 
let's say goodbye for now and uh, let's, uh, let's just bless the Lord. I pray for understanding and I pray that in this, the, the times of the end are here. It's upon us. And the Bible speaks of there will come a falling away in these days. And we know that the birth pangs have begun and a falling away must happen. That means a rebellion, a falling away from God. Rebellion is the spirit of rebellion that's everywhere at the moment. And so, Father, this is, it's like there's a horde of these fallen creatures that have been released. God's answer to Enoch was, in fact, they neither angel nor man. They don't belong in heaven. They shall be eternally judged as well. And their destiny shall be the same as fallen man. So the demons are going to the lake of fire and brimstone, the second death. Father, blessed is he who does not deserve humans that are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Blessed are they who do not die for the second time. I thank you, Lord. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.